Hello and welcome to Truck Stop Murder and True Crime Podcast, your Monday murder edition on a Tuesday. I decided not to put it out yesterday due to being Memorial Day. No reason to talk about murders on a day that we're honoring the, the loss of soldiers, sailors, marines, airmen who fought for our country. So here we are on Tuesday, a day late, but next Monday hopefully I'll have it on time. And this Wednesday I'm hoping I'm trying to keep up on my episodes but just get busy I'm sorry I do apologize i do have great intentions on making you know a weekly podcast but sometimes my time frame does not allow me to do that working 14 hours a day trying to cram in i mean i bet guess i could just read off wikipedia but wikipedia does not have everything you know that needs to be said about different subjects so i tried to i go off wikipedia but Anyhow, enough of the chat, you know, side chat on chatter. If you're new to, if you're a return listener, thank you. If you're a new listener, every Monday, which I'm going to try every Monday, I'll do a thing called Monday Murder. I used to do a Monday Murder meal where I cover three individuals and their last meal and, and last statement, but I decided to do one instead of three. Matter of fact, this one guy I covered on one of them and just gave a short story about what he did i'm going to do a full story this time like i did last week on gary gilmore so this week we're talking about john spanklink he was the second person convicted you know well executed in the united states after 76 where when the united states brought back the death penalty which ended on 73 on february 4th 1973 72 i think it was I'm looking at my notes. That's when Spinkalink committed a crime. So, first things first. I mentioned one. Thank you for my one and only Patreon. Full Metal Jackalope. I like that name. Full Metal Jackalope. Reminds me of Full Metal Jacket, but with a rabbit. A rabid rabbit. Rabid rabbit. So, on February 4th, 1973, the 24-year-old John Spinkalink, a twice-convicted felon, Spinkalink escaped from a California prison in 1972 where he was serving a five-year to life sentence for robbing a fast food restaurant, five gas stations, and two people. Spankalink's trouble began began early. At 12, he discovered the body of his alcoholic father who had committed suicide in front of him, front of, not front of him, found his body in the front seat of his truck in Buena Park, California. Two years later, it probably messed up his main mind at 12 years old to see that. So two years later, he was arrested for the first time for driving a stolen car, followed by arrest for disturbing the peace, burglary, and robbery. Stints in reform school were no avail. When he married briefly at age 18, his probation officer could only find one, two positive things to say about him, and that he had been in a, he had been, where he had not been in trouble before his teens and had been a wonderful paper boy. Wow. All right, in 1972, while Spanklink was serving the five-year sentence, like I said, for armed robbery, he walked away from the minimum security Slack Canyon Conservation Camp, just left, decided, I don't want to be here no more, and walked away. Picked up a vehicle somewhere. Driving through Nebraska, he picked up a hitchhiker, Joe Simowex, S-C-Y, M-A-K-I-E-W-I-C-Z. So is this guy, I'm going to call him Joe for now on. 
<laughs> so I'm not going to try. I'll be butchering that name every time I say Skimowitz. Skimowitz. On, on he was an Ohio parole violator who has spent 16 years behind bars for forgery, burglary, theft, and other crimes. For several weeks, they roamed the country. Ended up on February 3rd, 1973. That's where. In room four of the Ponce de Leon Motel in Tallahassee, next morning, that next morning, a maid discovered Joe's dead, dead in bed, dead in bed. Joe's dead in bed, but he'd been, um, his head was beat in, and he had two gunshot wounds. Yes, he was bludgeoned to bludgeoned and shot twice. So, what happened to him? Who did this? Where is? Um, Spankalink. Well, he that day he left and told the people at the hotel this. He paid for an extra day and said, "Don't bother his friend in there. He's sleeping. He got hit a late night and was was drunk. He was sleeping it off. So, paid for another day and him and a friend, someone that he picked up, another hitchhiker, Frank Brown, left and was later after they figured found his body on the fourth. They they located them on a a robbery suspicion at his house where they found Spank Link and Brom, and also the murder weapon that was used during the killing murders of Joe. So they're extradited back, and of course they're going to go on trial. They tried to do a plea agreement with them. Frank Brom agreed. Well, I've heard Frank Brom ag agreed and was commuted and was given was out of jail. also heard that he was acquitted. So, But m more likely, I've seen more people say acquitted. So I think he... he he had nothing involved with it, and you'll so soon see in the story what I'm talking about. So, but Spankling, he tried to say it was self-defense. So, at his trial that fall, the slightly built Spankling admitted having killed his companion, but insisted that he had acted in self-defense. The muscular 235-pound, 30-pound Joe said that the defendant had stolen $8,000 from him, forced him at gunpoint to perform fellatio, and made him play Russian roulette but the wounds were all from behind so there's no way that could have been possible to happen so after checking into a motel this is what the, he claimed he after checking a hotel Spinkling discovered that his traveling companion had robbed him of his money John concluded that it would be wise to continue the journey without him and have had his he went out and had his car washed he admits to returning to the motel to remove his personal belongings and the face Joe to return the money stolen from him. On the return to the motel, he picked up Frank Brom, like I told you, another hitchhiker who he agreed to bring to New Orleans. New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans, whatever, you, however you say it. Some people say it different. New Orleans, New Orleans, I guess. Enough of that. He stated that we started. This is. He stated that we started back towards the motel. I told the guy. I said, hey, if you don't mind waiting a little ways from the hotel, I think it would be better because there's another guy in the motel room that is pretty drunk. He's going to be mad because I was gone this long and I didn't mention nothing to the hitchhiker about Joe taking my money or hiding my money or anything like that. So he just said, wait down the room. Well, so I dropped him off a little ways down from the motel and I told him if he should happen to hear a gunshot or something, it's in the Ponce de Leon Ponce de Leon Motel in room four. What I intended on doing was carrying Joe's gun on me, going into the motel room, 
and if I had to by pointing the gun, I was going to pick up my baggage and leave the motel room. He testified that he hid the pistol in his clothing and while admitting that he had fired the gun that killed Skimowet, I'm going to try to say his name, Simowet, <laughs> Joe Appleman sought out to show mitigating circumstances by showing first that he was carrying the gun because he was afraid of for his life and secondly the gun had discharged during the fight between the two but like i said the evidence shows that he was shot in the back of the head so if they were they were fighting the gunshot wound be in the front the evidence showed although that he was shot in the head he died from the second bullet room so this actually gun went off twice so he died from the second bullet wound, bullet wound bullet fragmented the spine and rupturing his aorta. It is undisputed that that yeah that he prepared a cover story to delay the discovery of the body, give him an opportunity to leave. And of course, that after they the jury went back and convened on this everything took three and a half hours and came back guilty. So the jury, the trial jury recommended that Spinklick receive the death penalty, which just happened to be around now. Well, at the time it wasn't around. But I guess, it, so it ended in 73, so they gave it to him. But because, you know, the few years where they stopped, the government stopped the. So, but then again, back in 76, he was back on the death row again. So the trial court agreed. It was, they found that the felony was committed in a, to, to gain money for a game, either for another person's money or to recoup his own. That's the, that the crime was especially especially heinous was heinous and atrocious and cruel while well, Spinklink was previously convicted of also he was previously convicted of a felony involving the use of or threat of violence to another to wit armed robbery and that Spinklink committed a crime while under sense of imprisonment the only mitigating circumstances found on the trial court was that possible that the defendant was under influence of extreme mental and emotional disturbance you know, consideration which, based on the record as a whole, the court did not regard as a substantial substantial factor. So the Supreme Court in Florida firm to conviction. So, but they're still, like I said, they are still going for the death penalty. So the first degree murder statute under which he was convicted states the unlawful killing of a human being perpetrated from premeditated design to effect the death of a person killed or any human being or when committed in, by a person engaged in the preparation of or an attempt to perpetrate any arson, involuntary sexual battery, robbery, burglary, kidnapping, aircraft piracy, or unlawful throwing, placing or discharging of a destructive device or bomb, and which result from the unlawful distribution of, here's what I thought was crazy, you could get the death penalty for this result in the unlawful distribution of heroin by a person 18 years of age or older in such when the person provided the product is that they find out that's the cause of his death. Shall the murder be in first degree and shall constitute a capital felony punishable by death. After the Supreme Court blocked execution nationwide in 1972, Florida was the first to draft a new state law. It was declared constitutional in 1976 the following year, Governor Ruben Askew signed Spankalik's death warrant, but his execution was stayed by courts. Twenty months later, Graham was signed a warrant that ended Spankalik's life. 
the demonstrators protested out there. This is what I thought. The, they first they demonstrated outside the governor's mansion, and then they're able to enter the place, kind of like how they you know, invaded the Capitol building. They did this, but the governor was still there. He never left, but they filled the lobby of Graham's office screaming and yelling even at one time took over the phones to anybody called in they'll pick up the phone hey you know make you know let's not kill the sprinkling guy let's call him up let's just get sign polls do whatever you can let's not kill this guy so grammar called the protest that is very frightening to my young daughter i had to spend a lot of time reassuring them why this was happening that this was part of what it was in the country that respected freedom of speech and so they're out there doing you know you know doing that they also were here's what i think was fun there was also logistical hurdles when the state decided to resume executions officials realized that no one knew how to operate the chair i guess they thought well would we just plug it in and flip a light switch or something i don't know how do we you know no there's no written procedure on how to carry out the execution and you know, I guess they're just going to sit them down, flip the switch, and see how it works. Goes and see what happens. There was no executioner. We had to start from scratch and rely on people's memories," said Richard Duggar, then assistant superintendent of Florida State Prison. He eventually rose to head of the State Department of Corrections. Superintendent Dave Brighton, 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 who are I know I'm probably saying some of these names wrong but you get the general grasp of what's going on who's but spinkling i know i'm saying his name right but spinkling's who oversaw spinkling's execution came under criticism for his plans to keep the blinds down so when they went in the room there was blinds there's windows right there so he had his seats chairs of all the individuals witnessing the execution and then there's the glass window there but for spinkling's they had a curtain that they had drawn so you couldn't see him come in and they you couldn't it wasn't until he was strapped down to his chair that's when they opened up and let the, you know the witnesses to see but yeah he to keep the blinds drawn for the execution chamber until sprinkling was trapped in brian hoped to prevent a circus-like atmosphere at the prison like that when gary gilmore asked to be executed before utah's firing squad in 1977 which was my last episode if you want to go check that check that out that'd be amazing Instead, they closed the bind, which led to accusations that Spinklink had been mistreated or prevented from making the last statement. An investigation found no evidence that he had been mistreated. I'll be, be more about that, you know, later on. Among those who protested his execution outside was what amazed me was outside was the governor's mansion was actor Alan Alda and singer Joan Baez was there. And if you don't know who they are, Joan Baez, because these were back in the 60s. Alan Alda was in MASH. He was um, Hawkeye, I think was his name. I can't remember. I think it was Hawkeye. And Joan Baez is a 60s folk singer. So played at Woodstock. And a lot of people liked her in the 70s. I was probably like an anti-protest. You know, I don't know if it's anti-war acoustical, like you Bob Dylan style, but a female. So, the full Supreme Court briefly considered Spinkley's appeal and voted 72 to turn it down. In New Orleans, a panel of three federal judges deliberated in the night through the night, and they rejected two. Spinkley's lawyers appealed much more to Supreme Court in Washington, but it was no avail. He was he was rejected. Also, while he was 
some of his appeals was he's saying that even though it was in California, he said that he was illegally arrested in California, even though the murder happened in Florida, that they should never even arrest them. It was a legal search and seizure. But the Supreme Court held that under the plan view doctrine, gun was properly seized by the police during warrantless search of defendant's California apartment, which he shared with two others, where despite defendant's claim that the gun was found in his bedroom in a drawer, the record clearly shows that it was found in an open drawer in the kitchen. Furthermore, since a co-defendant who had been arrested on suspicion of armed robbery was only a few feet away from the drawer containing the gun, it fell within the search incident to arrest. Exception, except, you know, whereabout an arresting officer may search the area into which an arrestee might reach in, the, in order to grab, right, reach the weapon or involuntary item. I wonder, that don't even make no sense. Let me read that again. <laughs> Where a arresting officer may search the area in which a arrestee might reach in, order, reach in, and grab that. Shortly before the homicide, he warned a companion that should uh, let it happen to hear a gunshot. So premeditated, it came from the defendant's motel room. So so he knew what he was going to do. The aggravating circumstance disclosed that the record justified imposition of the death sentence. So they're saying, no, because we saw the gun and there was felons in the building that gave us permission to search it in short i guess i could just said that instead of trying to read all that mess so living in prison what he says living in prison six years on a constant threat of death wrongfully concentrated sprinkling's mind he spent hours reading the bible and such work as the mystic prophecies of edgar kaints c-a-y-c-e he drew cartoons with religious messages and once sent his mother a picture of a red and white blue electric chair captured Spirit of 76. He wrote letters from illiterate inmates and designed stationery for others. Decorating the letterheads with hands claps and pr clapped in prayers. If I ever get out of here, he said, at one point, I will do God's work. And don't they all do that? Usually when people are in jail or in a hospital, they, the first thing they want to say is, I will do God. If I could get out of this, Lord, let me, I will do your work. They never do. Jailhouse and hospital religion, they call it. <laughs> so he occupied much more of his days answering mail, inscribing envelopes with the message, capital punishment means those without capital get the punishment. Twice a week he was visited by a girlfriend, divorcee Carl Fay, Carl K. I was almost to say Carl Fay. Tucker, but no, he was not. That was not his girlfriend. It was not Carl Faye Tucker. It was Carla Kay. She was 43. His defenders insisted the people approached him that Spanklink had been rehabilitated. If you want to execute, this is what his mom will say. Well, the chief, if you want to execute a bad kid, then this is the case. His chief attorney, David Kendall, told the clumsy born in April. But he has evolved. He has changed. The clemency appeal was turned down. Spinklick did beg for the governor to come down there so he could, you know, talk talk to him, and maybe even have the governor witness his execution. But he refused. Now he goes. I know the changes I made since being here. I want him to know who is killing the real person, not some idea he has in his head about me," said Spinklick. English mother now, whereas mother, 67, said the governor, you know, in the news meeting right across the, the street from there's a field 
right across from the penitentiary where they had electric chair, where they had news briefings and where the news cruisers that interviewed his mother said, he doesn't even know my son. How can you kill my son, my only son? But Graham, looking haggard, stayed in Tallahassee, avoiding anti. He didn't want nothing to do with being around there, so he stayed in the Capitol, avoiding anti-death penalty protesters who blocked his outer office at the state capitol, like I said, and mansion, outside the mansion, and state capitol. So they were... Now, I might have said earlier that they made it into the mansion, but it was the state capitol that he, they made it in, and who kept vigil on the front gate of his mansion. That's where they're hanging out, chanting, Bloody Bob, buddy, Bloody Bob. Graham supports capital punishment as a deterrent, maintaining that it is not inconsistent with Christian values, he said he, while signing the death warrants. He, he would say, there are other values of life involved here, including the values of the life that were taken. Now, I'm going to play a little radio, so yeah, he is, they're going to execute him, his appeals are all said and done with, and 24 hours, they're going to sit him on a chair, but before that, the people of Florida got to hear this radio clip, and I want to play it for you. WAPE, the Big Ape, Jacksonville's best rock. 24 hours before the day set for Spinkling's execution, families in the Jacksonville area woke up as usual to their favorite disc jockey, the Grease Man. This, believe it or not, is what they heard. Just about 10 minutes after 6 here at the Big Ape with the Grease Man, ready to begin the beginning, another action-packed day. Actually, I feel pretty perky because I got some great news yesterday. Yeah, they're going to electrocute them guys. Isn't that wonderful? It's about time we cleared out them maggots on death row. I'll dedicate this morning show to Spankalank and Darden. And I know those guys listen on death row because, geez, they got radios, TVs, they practically got videotape recorders. <laughs> Fifteen minutes after six, here it is. The Spangling Song. Hot stuff! Listen to it, Spanky! That's bacon fried. Listen there! A hundred thousand watts of juice! That'll get the red out of your eyes. You mean to tell me that the, the the guy could lie there and, I mean, and then just kind of shake his head and go, damn, that was some kind of shock, you know? And then the, the guy would throw the switch to maximum voltage. And then once again, he could go, and they'd see him still squirming and they'd get him again, huh? Spinkling, you maggot! You listening this morning, Spinkling? Yeah! Just thank you. In just over 24 hours, Spinkalink, you're going to fry, maggots. You're going to fry. And them bleeding hearts can't do a thing to save you. Get used to this sound, Spinkalink. Make yourself convulsing. Ah! <laughs> yep, there you go. I had to play that. I saw that, and this guy... Sound like he lost his mind. So, but yeah, that was 24 hours prior to the execution. So yeah, just prior to the execution, the this is just like the last time, but this time it was the the assistant, you know, the the head of the superintendent of the prison, Bright Brighton 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 Briarton, pulled a bottle of Jack Daniels out of his desk and asked Duggar, the assistant, to offer Spankalink a drink. Of course, he to take the edge off. He said. 
Brighton known that throughout history the condemned have been offered a drink. Even Anne Boleyn, second wife of Henry VIII, Franklin took two swigs from the bottle and was good to go. It was a diff it was very difficult time for Spanklink. It was a very good, difficult time for me, said Brierton. Brierton. It was the loss of a human life, Brierton. Brierton. I'm gonna keep every time I say I'm gonna say his name twice. Brierton said he had two fears that the chair wouldn't work, or the governor would call five minutes after it was all over and say there was a stay, but there wouldn't be no stay. I was determined. And Governor Graham was determined that the law of Florida be carried out, says Jim Smith, Florida's attorney general at the time. It was a very emotional day. There was no great joy. The prison was given three, the prisoner, Spinklink, was given three surges of electricity. At first, 2,500 volts was administered at 10, 12 a.m. Spinklink jerked in his chair and one hand clenched into a fist. Then came the second and the third by the two executioners in black hoods. A doctor stepped forward after the third pulled up the prisoner's shirt and peeled, applied a stethoscope. Listen to his heartbeat. (laughs) Why stethoscope? And I do podcasting. I can't even speak (laughs) stethoscope. Two, that's mush mouth. That's a Dan Cummings mush mouth there. Two, Spankin Lake's chest. Then checked for a pulse then he stepped back to return to the prisoner examined him once more and backed away again a third time and like i said eight ten the third ch- time they ch- he checked at 10 18 he checked the prisoner for a pulse pulse examined his eyes with a pocket pen flashlight and nodded to the warning that the prisoner was dead annie johnson then a state representative opposed to the death penalty witness execution we saw a man sizzle today what he said and if you learned Lean forward and look close. You could see that he sizzled and sizzled again, just like that radio host said. He said that day, Johnson, who now hosts a radio talk show in Jacksonville, go figure, was since changed his stance on the death penalty. It's a matter of justice and vengeance. There are some people who deserve to die, he said. Contrary to here's the predictions about what I said about the whole execution Contrary to, well, actually, this is different. Contrary to the predictions, they thought that once they execute a Spinklink, there'll be a flood of more executions, that Florida should become a killing state. But Spinklink's death did not start a flood of execution, executions that would empty death row. There, was there are 375 people on Florida's death row today, compared to with 134 in 1979. So they're really not doing much. While waiting execution, Spanklink composed his epithy, E-P-I-T-A-P-H. He stated, man is what he chooses to become. He chooses that for himself. But after execution, rumors spread that the fighting, shouting Spanklink was dragged to the electric chair, gagging and beaten and had his neck broken. That's why the curtains was drawn because they didn't want to see him dragging, dragging him in. The rumors caused Spinklink's body to be exhumed and autopsy, and the state of Florida further r- ruled that all autopsies be performed on all executed inmates to make sure that was their means of death was what the state did. Someone has believes that Spinklink's body, Spinklink, was already dead when he placed in the chair. In David, Brown, in David Von Braal's book on the Florida's death row system, Among the Lowest of the Dead, 
the author presented several interviews with eyewitnesses who saw Spankalik alive in electric chair before his death, according to those witnesses. Spankalik did not resist being put in the electric chair by the officers in charge, which I watched a thing on YouTube, and that's what everybody said, that he willingly went in there, he willingly sat down, because some people could kind of see through the cracks of the blinds, and they said there was no fighting. A lot of people said also that they denied him his last statement because what the warden said, the representative, well, the superintendent said that his last statement was done earlier to his pastor, and that's what he wanted. And that was capital murders with sentenced out to people without capital. I think that's what it was. Capital murder is designated for people without capital. There you go. But yeah, so they couldn't say that, but a lot of people said that he, they did ask him, but because, well, you have any last final statements, but because of the straps around his head, he said, I can't speak. You know, Mubber said he can't speak, so they took that as his final statement. But yeah, then in 1989, this, and Ted Bunny occupied the same cell in Florida State Prison that Spank Link occupied. So there you go. There's my second inmate, you know, death row inmate that covered Gil, Gary Gilmore last week and now we're call, talking about john spinkling the number two now he was the second person executed in the united states after the restatement of the death penalty first person in florida but first person unlike gary gilmore who fought his he gary gilmore accepted it and gave in this he actually fought all the way to the end so all right then as always follow me on facebook at truck stop murder and true crime podcast join my group there follow me on twitter truck murder instagram uh, instagram on truck murder true crime podcast also on my twitter i have sceneries and cemeteries where i as a truck driver i see a stop at a lot of places and i do have a fascination with cemeteries so check that out i do a bunch of little short videos of all that last one i did was the grave of emmett till which i've been trying to go there for a long time now so hope you go over there and enjoy that. If you want to email me, it's at truckstopmurder at gmail.com. And that's also my G- in my PayPal if you want to throw me a couple bucks. Also, you can be a Patreon just like Full Metal Jackalope. And Patreon forward slash uh, truckstopmurder. Just go to Patreon, truckstopmurder, true crime podcast. Truckstopmurder, true crime, I think it is. So there you go. And as I always end my podcast by saying is you can't fix stupid, but you can sure numb it with a two by four. I'm out of here. Huh? Uh-huh.